Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation, so we can grow in our relationship with God. Okay, so tonight we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Tonight we're going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we just finished up a section that could be described as the liberties of the believer, but limited by love. You know, love is really the true limit of liberty. We learn how to walk as a Christian by how we can best love somebody. What will be best for others and not focused on yourself. That's how we truly know the Lord's working in our hearts. That you actually and generally care about others. And it's not just me, me, me all the time. You forget about yourself because the Lord put love in your heart. And that's what we were looking at in these past chapters, 8 through 10. The limit of liberty and how it revolves around love. Now we come to a new section in chapter 11 where he connects, in the first verse, he connects to the past section and it leads us into the the new section. So it says in verse 1, in chapter 11, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So what Paul's saying here is imitate me. Now I could tell you to imitate me, but he continues and says, as I also imitate Christ. You would like to follow me if I was imitating Christ, but if I'm not and I'm being foolish and doing all these things that aren't really Christ-like, you wouldn't want to follow me. But Paul gives this as um, what I believe is what mentorship and discipleship is all about. When God touches a man's life and because of that comes an example that when others see that love, that power, and the moving of the Holy Spirit in somebody, they want to follow that. And that's a true that's true in ministry. That's what I believe happens to all of us. Even though a huge part of it is not just what you see on the pages of the Bible, but it's also putting it into action. When you see a person and seeing that example in that person, you, you want to have that as well. Seeing that joy in them, it makes them want to know him better. And that's what Paul is expressing here. He continues... In two, it says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I deliver them to you. 
So this word tradition is not really mentioned in the Bible a lot in a positive way. It's just things that you've learned as like the blueprint that you have to follow and made by man. But in this way, it actually is positive. Because it's about learning the ways to do ministry and being a follower of Christ. You know, the Bible is a good way to take those traditions and follow them and being the Christians that we are called to be. So, he starts here by praising them, which, as you may have remembered from the previous chapters, there wasn't a lot of praising going on here in the Corinthian churches. They were pretty fleshly and pretty carnal. Um, But maybe he starts off with a praise before he starts getting to the, the hard stuff that they need to fix. So this section of the book, Paul is going to go through different areas. He's going to go through the roles of men and women in the church, the authority, and later on communion and chapter 12. Later on he's going to start with looking at spiritual gifts. But he starts off, so he starts off by praising them. And now he's going to start by addressing a very big issue, even today. And it's going to be authority. A lot of people nowadays have issues with authority. They don't want to listen to many people. They want to do their own thing. But authority could be an important thing to follow. In verse 3 it says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is man. And the head of every... The head of Christ is God. So I have a little image to show to show that. Because it's like the... The order of commands, so the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is man, so it falls under the umbrella of Christ. So the question is, what? how do we respond to that authority? Is there some forced situation going on? that you don't really want to listen to authority, but you have to, because that's not the relationship that the Lord wants with us. And unfortunately, that is like some religions out there. They follow it because 
they have to, and it's something that man made up, and it's just just going with the going with the flow. So it's sort of like a forced authority. However, looking if you're looking for a relationship, the Lord doesn't want that. The Lord wants every man to and every woman and everybody to follow him because they want to know him more. Same thing goes um, so the Lord is looking for a relationship. So that authority that the Lord has over every man is meant to be following these doctrines. The same goes for the head of every woman is man and the head of every Christ is God. Even Christ shows that authority. But in a sense, he's talking about husbands and their wives. And the role of submitting and the head of their home, as Christ is the head of their of the church. The wife now has the role of submitting to their husbands as unto the Lord. Here's where it gets a little tricky because if I asked somebody, does my wife really need to submit to me? The answer is, well, no, she doesn't doesn't have to because it wouldn't be a willing submission. She, as a leader of the house, and have her, having her help me be the leader that God is calling me to be. And that's one of the things that my wife does so well. She allows me to be the leader of the home and the house because she knows that that's what I'm supposed to do as the husband. And also, I don't really think she wants that role anyway. She wants to stay far away from that. But in today's world, we miss the mark big time. Because there's more and more women that are getting strong-willed and more and more men that aren't really stepping up and being a leadership, taking the leadership of the home. I mean, what kind of leader follows God, gets direction from God, and a vision for the family? And then can turn around and allow the women to take over and make a lot of the decisions for, for them. A lot of women are taking the bigger role, even if they don't want to take the role. They take it because the men aren't stepping up and being the leaders that the home needs. So my challenge is, why aren't you stepping up? Why aren't you standing up and being strong as a leader? The I know a lot of women don't want to really hand that over. They want to be with a guy who 
is a is a good example and a good leader of the home and takes the role seriously. So Paul, so Paul wanted to address this because obviously it's a problem and he wanted to address it so they could make changes. But he continues also in verse 4 where it says, Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. So he is praying on God's, to God on the behalf of others. He is speaking to others here on behalf of God. That means you should not have another authority over over him. I know in a lot of religions, even the one I was growing up in, it seems like they pray for every to everybody and everything before they pray to God. You don't bother God unless it was a really, really, really dire emergency. And that's not the right thing to do. You go, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't put God on the back burner for all these other false gods or anything else that you may be taught. Because the Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is only For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So the man has direct access to the Father, and when he doesn't follow that, he's under something else, and that's a really, really big issue. Continuing on in 5, it says... But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, for that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. But if a woman is not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it's shameful for a woman to be shorn or shaved, let her be covered." This is expressing if a woman comes into fellowship and her head is uncovered that she have been shameful in that in that culture. But now you can walk into church looking like whatever you want. Guys have long hair. Women have short hair. And some ladies shave their head like me. Back in that time, if ladies wore it up, it was acting like a covering. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head since he is the image of glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. Verse 8, for if 
For man is not from woman, but woman from man. Nor was man created for woman, but woman for the man. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. So it came down to the order of authority. It would have been inappropriate for the Corinthian women with this new freedom in the Lord to come into the fellowship not caring about her husband and dishonoring her husband. And this is what we looked at in the last few chapters, how you use that freedom. You know, in the other verses, in the other chapters, we talked about the, uh, you know, the meat. And if you use that liberty to not eat the meat if somebody didn't want to eat the meat, you don't stumble your brother. So it has, and it all comes back to how you love your fellow Christians. Verse 11 says, Nevertheless, neither this, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as woman came from man, even so man also came come through woman. But all things are from God. So we remember back in Genesis when God saw Adam and said it wasn't good for a man to be alone. So he made a helper. So when Adam was in a deep sleep, he took a rib from Adam's side and made woman. And Adam was happy because she was a helper and it was somebody like him but different. But he still had to lead her as God led the church. Um, Continuing on, verse 13, Judge among yourselves, is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Um, No, it's not proper. Does not even nature itself call, itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? So it means, wait, so there's been many ideas of what verse 14 means. Again, back in their culture, it wasn't common for a man to have long hair and look like a woman. It, did, it wasn't in their role. But 
as we continue, it says, But if a woman has long hair, it is glory to her, and her hair is given to her for a covering. But if anyone seems to be contentious with, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. Because a woman, so a woman usually has their hair longer than the men do. It was almost like a a veil for the woman, and so that was another thing in their culture that they looked at. And then now in sixteen, finishing up, it says, "Now we see a lot of things that Paul had to deal with through this book so far." He went through a lot of situations that he had to address, and they need, and the Corinthian churches needed to work on. But now he had to deal with a lot of contention about many things, especially in this chapter, authority. Instead of, a fo- instead of following authority, they were undermining each other for control and what makes them look good. And that's the worst thing for a church. When people undermine authority or leadership in the church, that's, like the, that's the worst thing that could happen. It defiles what the church is all about. And whatever is being taught, usually after all that, nobody really could take what they're saying seriously. If all they see previously did a teaching and afterwards is all this turmoil between everybody and leadership and authority. A lot of churches, everyone has to know their roles. So Paul tells them not to be contentious because churches of God took their customs according to God's truth. All these customs and authorities all around us. One day, we will truly be one, there will truly be one authority. And that will be our reward for being faithful and respecting that authority right now. So as, as we are going to look next time at the rest of this chapter, it's going to be talking about the, last, the Lord's Supper and the, how you examine yourself and... You know, the the communion aspect that we go through every first Sunday, which is coming up. So, the question is, who? what authority are you going to follow? The one of God or the one that you just find anywhere? Let's pray.
You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to www.cccrossfields.org, where you can also watch or listen to previous messages. If you have any questions or have a prayer request, please email us at contact at cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless.